Good morning. It's good to see all of you. Would you stand with me this morning? Hey, I want you to think about this as we stand this morning. For much of the history of the world, there was a veil that separated uh, man from going into the holy place with God. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, separation was put between us and God because of sin. But Jesus Christ came and gave his life. And when his blood was shed on Calvary, the veil was rent in two. And because the veil is rent in two, we have absolute access to the very throne of God. So I want you to think about that as we stand and we worship him here together this morning. We're going to sing one verse of I will praise him. If you'll sing that with me, please. When I saw the cleansing fountain open wide for all my sin, I obeyed the Spirit's wooing when he said, Wilt thou be the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Brother Kenny, would you open us in prayer this morning, please? Most gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you again today. and We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to be mm. in thy house. Yes, Lord God. Thy people. <laughs> we ask you, Heavenly Father, to come down and be with us at this time. and Just help us, Lord, as we worship you. Lord, we ask you yes. to be those that are sick and afflicted and the ones that could not get here today. We ask you, Lord, to the blessings upon them, Lord, and reach them, lift them up and strengthen them as they go forth. We ask you, Heavenly Father, that thy word would touch the hearts of the people all over the world. Wherever it is preached and taught, Lord, that it would have thy yes, effects upon them. Lord, that the lost would be open to eyes and become saved. We ask you, Heavenly Father, to be with us here right here this morning. Lead, guide, and direct us in all that we do. We ask you to be with the pastors and Help bring us the bread of life, Lord. In Jesus' name we ask this, and through his precious blood we lay these saints before you. Amen. 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 You can be seated, folks. Our first hymn this morning is going to be, The Comforter Has Come. Oh, spread the
Jesus Christ left, he said, I'll not leave you comfortless, but I'll send you a comforter to come that will help you. Literally, it's the word paraclete. It means a helper. Let me ask you a question. Does anybody here today need help? Amen. Amen. I certainly need help, and I'm glad that the Lord has given the Holy Ghost. I'm glad that the Lord has given you. I want you to know it's good to see everybody here this morning. We've been praying for you, and I'm glad that you're here with us today. Uh, just a, a few notes I want to make here this morning, uh, some continued prayer requests. A couple new ones this morning, a man by the name of, of Bill Blake uh, that's having some, uh, some trouble, and also Dave Wright, they're friends of, of Brother Mark's. And uh, Steve Lewis uh, is in the hospital right now. Brother Jim Owens was going to the hospital today to get his, his he's having trouble breathing. So he was, they were going to clear his throat out. We want to pray for Brother Jim. Uh, we also want to pray uh, for Jim Owens. Um, I'm sorry, uh, Brother Jim Urban's daughter, Brenda. Prayer call went out for her yesterday. She's battling cancer right now and AFib and a couple of things. Um, Brother Gary Blair has been having a little trouble. Brother Barry Arnold. And, uh, and an answer to prayer, I asked the church to pray for Brother Kenny because I knew he was coming back at some time this weekend. And, and here an answer to prayer walked in the door. I'm glad nobody shut the door in his face like they did to Peter that one time. So at least I hope they didn't do that to you, brother. <laughs> we have answers to prayer here sitting for us today. And hey, listen to me. We ought to be a praying people. Amen. We have a God in heaven that has the power to help those that are in need. And it's our job to lift those up. And uh, so would you just take a moment with me? And, and, and there's no time to pray like right now. Father God, we're so privileged to be here this morning, and Lord, we have uh, brothers and sisters in Christ and friends that are that are ailing and, and hurting and, and having different struggles today, and Father, we just want to lift them up to you this morning. We pray for Bill and for Dave, uh, Lord, also for Steve and, and, and Jim and Brenda, uh, Lord, also Gary and, Bar and, and Barry, and thank you for, uh, for bringing Brother Kenny here, but Lord, all of these have different needs today. Some of them are, are physical problems, some of them are spiritual problems. Lord, we know that our nation is in great need today. We know that the entire world is in need of a, a, a Lord, a, a thriving relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, we're praying for salvation to come as people call upon the name of the Lord. We're praying for discipleship for those that have believed in you. And Father, uh, you told us to be looking for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, I believe it could be at any moment. And we want, we are already longing for his coming. Lord, we want to continue looking uh, for his coming today. But help us to be faithful, Lord, until he comes. And uh, Father, thank you again for just the privilege of being here today. And Lord, we ask that you'd bless us now in the name of Jesus. And amen. Amen. And amen. A uh, couple other announcements that we have. Uh, please be praying about the nursing home service we have this afternoon uh, there at Morrow Manor in Chesterville. <clears throat> uh, 
Also, we'll be talking for a, a few moments tonight about the, uh, the security system that we've been talking about adding to the church here. We have some more information on that. And uh, also the church sign out front here. We'll be talking about those things tonight. Um, and I just wanted to make a comment about the parking lot. As many of you have noticed, our parking lot is, is beginning to fill up. And what I'd like to do until we're able to, um, to make some changes with that, I'd like to ask those of you that are younger or healthier or able to walk more, would you please, even if you're the first one here, would you please park up on the hill, park a little bit further away, and allow the spots down here for those that have a harder time uh, walking uh, longer distances. I think the immediate solution is going to be when the weather, we need to get a price maybe to gravel, gravel that lot back there behind the pavilion. And uh, that'll probably be the, the most immediate and the most cost-effective solution that we can offer um, in the near future. But the weather, it's still pretty wet out there, so it's probably going to be a little bit before we can do that. But if you would just think of that when you're coming to church on Sunday morning, we would be grateful for that. i 
And folks, you can be seated. It makes me think of that song that said, uh, while I was praying, somebody touched me. And it must have been the hand of the Lord. Amen. I'm grateful for a touch from the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and I'm grateful that you're here today, dear friends. If you have a Bible with you this morning, I want to encourage you uh, to turn to the book of Acts in chapter number 8. As a matter of fact, uh, through this first reading of the scriptures this morning, there'll not be any uh, scriptures put up on the screen. Why, you say? Because I want you to open your Bible. And if you didn't bring a Bible with you this morning, look in the pews in front of you or around you. If you don't have a Bible this morning, raise your hand and I'll get you one. Uh, but we ought to hold the precious Word of God uh, in our hands and in our hearts. Amen. And if you're able uh, to stand this morning, I'd like for you to stand with me in reverence to the reading of God's Word. The nursery is open uh, at this time for those that are under five. And as we take the word of the Lord in our hands today, I want to ask you, have you ever met somebody in your life that you always wondered what happened to that person? Uh, where did they where did they end up? Where are they now? Maybe it was somebody that you used to work with or maybe it was a, a neighbor or a, a, maybe it was a childhood friend or a co-worker. Maybe it was somebody that you went to high school with. I had uh, here recently, I've shared this with a couple of you, but when I was in, in high school, I, I, there was a foreign exchange student that went to our school and she was from Moldova and her name was Natalia. We called her Natalie and uh, I hadn't thought of that name in years and years and years. And there was an email that was going around the school here uh, a few weeks ago that my wife received. And uh, they asked us to pray for that young lady because she had now become the prime minister of Moldova. And I thought, well, my goodness gracious, that's that's interesting. I went to school with a prime minister. A friend of mine I was talking to, I said, well, if we ever get in trouble in Moldova, he said, you better not call her. She probably remembers what we were like. She, she might put us in jail if we end up there. But you wonder sometimes maybe what happened to somebody that you knew of a long time ago. We're going to look at somebody here today. As we open the scriptures together, the book of Acts, we're going to begin reading in chapter number nine. If you have your Bible with you this morning, if you found your place, would you say amen, please? Amen. Acts chapter eight, verse number nine. But there was a certain man called Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. Uh, and to him they had regard, because that of long time he had bewitched them with sorceries. But when they believed Philip, preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women." And then Simon himself believed also, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them. Only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. 
And then laid they their hands on them that they received the Holy Ghost. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money saying, Give me also this power, that on whomsoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. But Peter said unto him, Thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of this thy wickedness, and pray God, if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. For I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. Then answered Simon and said, Pray ye to the Lord for me, that none of these things which ye have spoken come upon me. And they, when they had testified and preached the word of the Lord, returned to Jerusalem and preached the gospel in many villages of the Samaritans. Would you pray with me, please? Father God, we are come into this house of prayer, this house of worship here this morning, uh, Lord, to meet with you. We're grateful, Lord, to be gathered with brothers and sisters in Christ. We're grateful to be gathered with friends. Uh, but, Lord, we came here to worship you and to hear from you. I pray, Father, that your word would go forth, uh, that your voice would be heard, and that your Holy Spirit, uh, that the Comforter has come. I believe that the Comforter is here today, Lord. I feel your presence. And I ask you, dear Father, that you would bless us uh, with an outpouring of your Spirit here. And we'll trust you to do it in the name of Jesus. And amen. 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 You can be seated, folks. So we've been meeting a lot of new uh, people here in the book of Acts as we continue our journey through the early church. And we have met, uh, of course, we knew the, the apostles and the disciples already uh, from the, uh, the Gospels. But now we're beginning to meet other people. We have met uh, Stephen, was sort of the, um, he was sort of the focus of chapter number 7, this man that gave his life for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then now we're in chapter number 8. And Philip uh, is really the star of this chapter. Uh, we'll, we have, we've met him here. The Bible calls him later in the book of Acts, Philip the Evangelist. We see him here in Samaria. Uh, the next time we preach from Acts, we'll see him going down to Gaza. And he meets an Ethiopian uh, there that he shares Christ with. But the church is spreading out. We saw last week that persecution is spreading them all through the land there in Israel and also through the world. Uh, but now we not only are, are meeting Philip, but we see this man named Simon. Now, because that name is, was a familiar name, uh, sort of like Bob or, or Steve or some of the names that we hear today, I, I want to make a, a clear break between him. This is not Simon Peter. Matter of fact, we see Peter a few verses later here in this chapter also. This man was, was a man that the Bible calls him here Simon. You might call him Simon the Sorcerer, or history would later call him Simon Magus. Simon Magus, that word Magus means major or great, and I believe they called him that because, A, he was a magician, and it's close, closely affiliated with that, and this man desired to be a great one. But the Bible tells us that he was involved in sorcery. It says that uh, before time, in other words, before the, 
uh, preaching of Christ came, before Philip went to Samaria to preach the gospel, this man was there, and he was using sorcery. This word sorcery is, is the word for magic. He, he was using uh, these dark things to try to influence people there in Samaria. And uh, not only was he using it, but the Bible says that he was bewitching people. It means that they were amazed at what he was doing. They were astounded. And, and I thought this was interesting. One of the meanings of that word means thrown out of place. That something was in one place and then it's been cast out to another. That's what this man was doing to the people there in Samaria. Remember that the Samaritans have a Jewish heritage. Uh, before they were intermixed with the Assyrians and, and uh, uh, back in, in, in the captivity of Israel about 722 B.C., these were Jewish people that have a Jewish, a Jewish heritage that know about the Almighty God. Amen? But this man is coming along and he's teaching them strange and dark things and they're amazed and astounded at the things that he's doing and they're cast out of the place that they were in. Now it says that as he was doing this that he gave out uh, that himself was some great one. In other words, this man was not exalting God the Father. This man was not exalting the Lord Jesus Christ. This was a man that was exalting himself. Amen. And let me tell you before God today, be careful of anybody that exalts themselves. Any ministry that lifts anyone or anything above the Lord Jesus Christ is not from God. I'll just tell you that plainly and clearly here today. Uh, the ministry of the gospel and the ministry, even the Holy Spirit doesn't exalt himself. Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will speak of me. Jesus Christ is the star of this story. Amen. And if Jesus Christ is not the one being lifted up as the star, this ministry is not of him. And what's sad is that the Bible says that they all gave heed to him from the least even to the greatest. You know what was happening here, dear friends? These people were being led astray. They were being deceived. Uh, this man, Simon, was a, was a false prophet, a false power, a false professor, whatever you want to call him. He was not of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was not of this faith. Paul warned us of these things. He said, anyone that preaches any other Jesus to you or any other faith than what I have preached to you uh, is not of the Lord. And we have to be careful of these things here today. And the people were so deceived that they believed that this man was the very great power of God. They were deceived. And, and, and one of the things I notice in this story is that Simon doesn't tell them otherwise. He was very, um, he was happy to receive the praise and uh, uh, the attention that he was getting. And they regarded him, the Bible says, because he had bewitched them for such a long time. In other words, for a long period of time, these people had been deceived and distracted by this man. This was a man that pretended to be supernatural, but the truth is he was superficial. He was a false prophet. Amen. And let me tell you before the Lord today, there are many of them still engaged right now. 
There are so many false prophets out there today that preach another gospel, they preach another Jesus, or they don't say anything about the Lord Jesus Christ. There are some that, that appear to have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. Uh, there are those that, that mention uh, the name of, of Jesus, but you have to, they don't, uh, they don't preach the gospel. Uh, there are places that, uh, that, that oftentimes don't hardly mention him at all. We've been in the search for our daughter of trying to find a, a, a university for her to go to that is thoroughly Christian. And uh, we, get, we get so much junk mail. It's, it's, I don't think we're going to have to cut firewood next year. If I just save it, we'll have enough wood to burn all winter. But these universities, they know that our kids go to a, uh, they, they get that information. They know that they go to a Christian school or they know that I'm a pastor. Or, or However they find out, they know what you're looking for. And so they send their advertisements to you. And I've been told that when somebody uh, has one of those paper advertisements in their hand, that you have about 13 seconds to get their attention. And you get them too. You get them from the grocery store and you get them from uh, car dealerships and all sorts of, of places. And, and, and you would probably admit today that you glance at them very briefly. And if they don't get your attention real quick, it goes right in the trash, right? So keeping that in mind, I'm looking at these advertisements from these Christian universities. And in many of those advertisements I've read, the only place I see the name Christ is in the word you know, Christian university, such and such Christian university. The rest of the advertisement, the rest of the document says absolutely nothing about Christ, says nothing about the gospel, says nothing about discipleship. And I thought, dear friend, if you're not willing to, to if that's not who you, I mean, they're taking this opportunity to tell me who they are. And if Christ is not preeminent in everything that you do, then I don't need your help. Amen. And that extends not just through uh, Christian universities. And other, there are a lot of organizations. There are a lot of people uh, in the world today that are Christian in name only. This man was not an organization. He was a man. He was a person. He'd become a leader there in Samaria. And can I tell you today that there are a lot of people that are Christian in name only. There are a lot of people that claim to be followers of the Lord Jesus Christ or claim to have the absolute power of God, and they do not. I believe that this man was not, uh, he was not, uh, certainly not an apostle, and I don't believe that he was an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe he was an agent of Satan, and he was spreading lies and false truths uh, there in Samaria, and uh, you know, Satan, by the way, you've heard me say many times that he was not the most obnoxious creature in the garden. He's the most subtle creature in the garden. I want you to know today that Satan is a counterfeiter, not a creator. He is a counterfeiter. So what Satan does is, is, is he doesn't necessarily, he doesn't only just attack if you believe, but he also attacks what you believe. And he tries to counterfeit things. If you've given your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, then he wants to distract and deter and he wants to deceive you. And if you don't know the truth, he'll get it done. Listen to me. You are no match for Satan apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. 
and he is a counterfeiter. He wants to deceive. And so he has agents all over the world. And you can bet your bottom dollar they're in the pews and they're in the pulpits of our land. Amen. That are spreading false truths that people are believing, they're listening to, and they have absolutely no idea that what they're hearing is a lie. And you know why they don't know? Because they don't know this book. Friend, I want to tell you here before the Lord today, I didn't come here to proclaim myself. I come here to proclaim the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm sure that there are times that I say things from behind this pulpit that you may not like. And if I say something that you don't like because it doesn't line up with Scripture, please come see me. But if I preach from the Bible something that the Bible says and you have a problem with that, don't come see me. You take it up with the Lord. Because we have been commanded to preach and teach His Word. Amen? And I'm not here to proclaim myself. I'm not here to proclaim the New Testament Missionary Baptist Church. I am here to proclaim the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? He is Lord and King and preeminent in all things. And it makes me think there was a, uh, a man that lived in a community and he became a pastor of this church. He was, he was, uh, he lived in a life of sin, like all of us have, by the way. And this man had been gloriously saved and he uh, came to the church one day and he was preaching. And there was a lady there in the church that did not like this man. She didn't like who he was. She didn't like some things that, that, she, that he had done. And she stood up in the church while he was preaching one day and she said his name and she said, I know who you are. I know some of the things that you did, and I remember this, and I remember that. And how can you stand behind the pulpit and, and, and preach the way you are? Are you ashamed of yourself? This thought came to me this morning as I was preparing uh, to be here today. And this was the thought that the Lord put in my mind. The Lord is moving in this church. And because the Lord is moving in this church, Satan is moving against this church. And he would love to attack this church and to break up the work that the Lord is doing. The only hope that we have, folks, is if we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and we keep praying to Him. To him. Go ahead, Scott. Go ahead, go right ahead. Oh, Psalm 57? Yeah. Sorry, I thought you said you wanted to read it. Scott's asked that I would read Psalm 57. The Bible says, Be merciful unto me, O God. Be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in thee. Yea, in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge until these calamities be overpassed. <laughs> I will cry unto God most high, unto God that performeth all things for me. He shall send from heaven and save me from the reproach of him that would swallow me up. Selah. God shall send forth his mercy and his truth. My soul is among lions, and I lie even among them that are set on fire, even the sons of men whose teeth are spears and arrows, and their tongue a sharp sword. Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let thy glory be above all the earth. 
They have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They have digged a pit before me under the midst uh, whereof they are fallen themselves. Selah. My heart is fixed. Oh God, my heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise. Awake up, my glory. Awake, psaltery and harp. I myself will awake early. I will praise thee, O Lord, among the people. I will sing unto thee among the nations, for thy mercy is great unto the heavens, and thy truth unto the clouds. Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens, and let thy glory be above all the earth. Amen. We will continue to praise him uh, in good times and we will praise him in difficult times. Amen. Let's sing that chorus again here uh, this morning. I will praise him. I will praise him. Praise the Lamb for sinners slain. Give him glory, all ye people, for his blood can wash away each stain. You know, one of the things that that I try to do as a pastor is I try to find illustrations that go with the word of God. God just gave us a better illustration than I could ever give. That Satan is against the church. He's always been against the church. He's against believing in the gospel. He's against people being born again and, uh, and becoming children of God. And that's what was happening in Samaria uh, in those days. They were being bewitched and deceived uh, by this man. I, I think I had started to tell you about that preacher that the lady asked, aren't you ashamed? And that man stood there that morning and tears began to roll down his face. And he said, you're right. I did all of those things, and I am ashamed. But he said, I didn't stand here this morning to tell you about me. I was called here this morning to tell you about Jesus, and I'm not ashamed of him. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation to the Jew and also to the Greek. Amen? And I'm grateful that it's just as powerful today as it's ever been. But listen to me, church. You have got to be diligent about what you read, who you listen to, and what you believe. Amen? You need to be led by the Holy Spirit of God, and you need to be in your Bible so that you know the truth. And when you hear untruths, that you recognize them. Amen? These people... People did not know the difference. And they had, by the way, let me remind you that they had a religious background and they still did not know the difference. And many of the people that are attending our churches today are in the same exact condition that these people are in because they don't know the word of God. And that's why it's so important for us to be studying the word together. Now, what happened was Philip came, blessed the name of the Lord. He sent somebody there to share the truth with them. 
The Bible says that when they believed, uh, Philip preaching the things uh, concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. You remember, we learned the word that Philip used to, to preach uh, was a word that meant that he was speaking with an absolute authority that must be obeyed. And I told you that authority was the Holy Spirit in the word of God. Amen. Because he had the Holy Spirit and he had the word of God, God gave him authority uh, that people were listening to. And that's what happens. They believed uh, the preaching. And, and Philip had a two-part message. He was preaching the kingdom. And I want to tell you today, there is a kingdom beyond what you can see here with your eyes. There is a kingdom, there is a heaven, there is a place that God has prepared for those that love him. And Philip came preaching that kingdom, but the kingdom was not the only thing that pre he preached. He also preached the king. Amen. And that king was the Lord Jesus Christ. He said that, that he was preaching in the name of Jesus Christ. And so these people, they believed and then they were baptized. And that's the order in which that works, the example that we're given throughout the book of Acts that, that belief must come before baptism. There's no reason to be baptized if you don't believe. Can I just tell you that? Because baptism doesn't do anything for you unless you've been, unless you've believed on the gospel of Christ and have received Jesus Christ as the Son of God. They believed. They were baptized. Now the Bible tells us who was baptized. It says that men were baptized. It says that women were baptized. It also says that Simon was baptized. It tells us there in verse 13 that Simon himself believed also. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and the signs which were done. Just like the rest of the people, Philip believed. Philip was baptized. Oh, I'm sorry, I said Philip. He believed what Philip preached. Simon believed. Simon was baptized. Simon wondered, the Bible says, at the works that Philip was doing. And then it says that he continued. And remember what Philip was doing. If you look back at verse 5, the Bible said Philip went down to Samaria. He preached Christ to them. The people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Unclean spirits were crying out with a loud voice, and they came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsies, and that were lame were healed. Great things were happening as Philip was serving God there. Let me make it very clear to you that it wasn't Philip that was doing these things. It was the Holy Spirit of God. He was just the vessel that God was working through. Amen? But Simon was amazed at these things. And so here's this man that had been a sorcerer. He had been leading people astray. He had been uh, deceiving people and all these things. And the Bible says that he hears the word preached. He believed. He's baptized. And he continued. Well, that's great, isn't it? I mean, isn't that what we're supposed to do? Can I ask you a question here this morning? Was Simon saved? Whatever happened to Simon? Was he saved? Was he a born-again believer? Stay with me now as we go through the Scripture. First of all, one thing I want to point out is the word, that word continue, we find often in the New Testament. It's used probably a dozen times in John chapter 15 where Jesus talks to the disciples about the branches in the vine. And he tells them, if you abide in me, it's the word meno, it means continue means to stay, 
means to stick with me. This is not the word that describes Simon here. It's not the word meno. It's a different word. Now, before we get to that answer, the Bible tells us in verse 14 that the, when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost, for as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then they laid their hands on them and received the Holy Ghost. The apostles that were back in Jerusalem heard what was going on. They, they, they had heard that the Samaritans had received uh, the word of the Lord. And, and, and then they were sent. In other words, the, uh, the church there in Jerusalem, they sent two apostles, namely Peter and John, and said, go to Samaria. We want you to check this out and see what's happening. I find it interesting that... Um, that John was one of the ones that were sent. Now we see Peter, to John, Peter and John together consistently uh, in the Bible, especially in the book of Acts, when Peter and John went together. Uh, it was Peter and John that, that went to the temple together to pray at the third hour when, when the eminent man was healed. And, but why I find it interesting is because they were, you remember where they were sending them to? Samaria. This is where the word of the Lord had been received. They said, go to Samaria. You remember in the Gospel of John when the disciples went to Samaria with Jesus one time and they were preaching the kingdom of God. And the Bible says that that time the Samaritans did not receive them. And there was a disciple that said, Lord, would you have us to call fire down from heaven and devour them as Elijah did? And the Lord said, you know not what spirit you are of for the Son of Man came not to destroy life, but to save it. Do you know who that disciple was that said that? It was John. The Lord sent Peter and John to Samaria to check out what was going on. Now, when they got there, the Bible says that they prayed for them. The reason they prayed was to receive the Holy Ghost. Somehow they were able to tell that these people had not received the Holy Ghost. I believe, by the way, that Peter had a gift of discernment. You remember when Ananias and Sapphira had lied to the Holy Spirit about what they were giving to the church. It was Peter who was able um, uh, to discern that they had lied. The Holy Spirit spoke to him and he knew that they had told a lie. In other words, the Holy Spirit revealed that to Peter. I believe it was revealed to Peter here that these believers had not yet received the Holy Ghost. The Bible tells us very clearly, for he was not yet fallen upon any of them at that time. This poses a very difficult question. And I want to tell you before the Lord today, this is one of the reasons I feel called to preach through the Bible. Because it causes us to deal with everything, not just the easy things. It causes us to deal with difficult things also. And hearing what we know is that the word of God had been preached. It had been preached by a godly man by the name of Philip. The uh, people that were there in, in Samaria, they believed the word that was preached. They were baptized, as the Bible says, that we should be baptized after 
we believe, and by the way, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, unlike some other disciples, there's a story in Acts chapter 9 uh, where Paul, I believe he's in Ephesus, he asked some new believers, he says, are, are, uh, have you received the Holy Ghost? And they said, we know not whether there is a Holy Ghost. And, and they, he said, well, what were you baptized in? They said, we were baptized unto the baptism of John. And he said, let me tell you, John came speaking about one who was greater than he, and you need to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Uh, there, are, there are some that have not received uh, the Holy Ghost because they were not baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But these were. They believed. They were baptized. Why did they not have the Holy Ghost? Does that question trouble your mind? We are taught through the scriptures that when we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, we receive the Holy Spirit. Do you believe that? Amen. I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures here this morning. If you want to jot these down, John chapter number 7 and verse 37 through 39 says, In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. After Jesus Christ went back, when Jesus went up to heaven, the Holy Spirit came down on the day of Pentecost. Amen? And the Bible, Jesus himself says that it's given to those that believe. Another scripture for you, Romans chapter number 8 and verse number 9 says this. That you're not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. If you have believed and you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, you have the spirit of God. One last scripture, Ephesians chapter number one, verses 12 and 13. That we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of the truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Do you think God's the author of confusion? Do you think that he would lie? And his word tells us multiple times that when we believe, the order is we hear the gospel, we believe the gospel, we are saved and we receive the Holy Spirit of God. Amen? Amen. All right, let's go back to Acts then. What happened in the book of Acts, chapter number 8? Why did these believers not receive the Holy Ghost yet? I want to tell you before the Lord that what I believe is that they were not meant to be devoid of the Holy Spirit, but the giving of the Holy Spirit was delayed. It was delayed. Why do you say, uh, Pastor Aaron, was the Holy Spirit delayed in their case? And I believe the answer is because the Lord himself had unfinished work to do with the church. He had unfinished work to do with the church. Well, what was that unfinished work? 
first of all, he had a work to do in the Samaritans. The Samaritans needed to understand that salvation was of the Jews. Is that not what the word says? They needed to understand that salvation was of the Jews. That's what Jesus Christ said himself. But not only did the Samaritans need to understand that salvation was of the Jews, but the Jewish believers uh, needed to see with their own eyes that God had given the Holy Spirit to them just as he did to the Jews. Legalism was going to be a major problem in the church. You don't believe that? Read the book of Galatians. Uh, Paul addresses it to the church in Galatia. We see it going on here in the book of Acts. The Jews still had hardness in their heart against the Samaritans. Can I tell you that legalism is still a problem in churches today? If we're not careful, we'll get caught up about doing uh, more than we will the condition of our own hearts and the hearts of others. And we ought to have a desire not only to have a personal relationship with Christ ourselves, but we ought to have a desire that every other person person in the world has a personal relationship with Christ also. Amen. We're not every creature created, every person created in the image and the likeness of God. Then they deserve the same gift. And so the Lord, I believe that it was delayed on purpose. This was a one-time event. It was a transitional time in the history of the church. In other words, what I'm telling you is there is not a delay in the giving of the Holy Spirit now. We receive the Holy Spirit when we trust in Christ. But the Lord performed this this way in that church at that time because he didn't... Jerusalem, the church in Jerusalem had heard that the gospel had been received, but the Lord didn't want them to hear that the Spirit had been received. He wanted them to see it. And so he sent Peter and he sent John, that beloved disciple that loved Jesus so much, but whose heart was so hard against the Samaritans. He put John in that place at that time so that he could see them receive the Holy Spirit of God. And I believe that's why there was a delay in the giving there of the Holy Spirit. Now, going back to Simon, we see in verse number 18 that the Bible says, When Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me also this power that on whomsoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. Simon, first of all, observed what was going on. He was watching. He was paying attention. He was drawn to the miracles. You remember many of the believers back in the days that Jesus was walking on the face of the earth. Jesus is feeding the 5,000 and the people followed him to the other side of the lake. And and the Lord Jesus told him, he said, you didn't come because of the miracles. You didn't come to hear me preach. You came here because you wanted to be fed again. They were drawn for some other reason than a relationship with the Lord Jesus. And Simon observed what was happening. And then Simon offered. What did he offer? He offered money. He offered to pay them so that they would give him the power. You know what? Simon, uh, he erroneously thought that the power was living in the hands of Philip. He didn't understand that the power was living in the heart of Philip. Amen. And the problem that Simon had was in his own heart. And he tried to purchase the power of God. And it amazes me 
as I look at the life of this man, as I think of the life of other people in the world, why in the world do people want to pay for something that God is willing to give away free? Why is it that people try to earn their way to the power of God? Why is it that people try to earn their way to their hearts being made right with God? I'm telling you before the Lord today that there are people that are going to die and go to a devil's hell all the while believing that there is a God. They can be baptized once. They can be baptized a thousand times, but unless they've received the Lord Jesus Christ, you know what the Bible says in the Gospel of John? Is that to them that believed upon Him, gave He, I'm sorry, to them that received Him, gave He the power to become the sons of God, even to those that believe upon His name. There's a formula there. If you're a math student today, in order to become, you must first believe and receive. And you're looking at a man that spent most of his life lost as a ball in tall weeds. And, but every moment of that, I believe that there was a God. You can believe that there's a God and go to hell. Did you know that? Did you know that the Bible says there are devils that believe and tremble? There are people in hell right now that believe in God. They believe that he exists. The demons, when Jesus would cast him out, they identified the Lord Jesus Christ. Thou son of God, uh, what are you going to do unto us? They knew who Jesus was, and they believed who Jesus was. And I'm telling you before the Lord that a head knowledge will not get you into heaven. And this Simon had heard the preaching. He had believed. He had been baptized. Uh, he continued. He was in, uh, in amazement. That word continued, by the way, I told you it was a different word. It's a verb that actually meant past tense. In other words, he continued for a little while, and then he fell away. As a pastor, as a preacher, as somebody that's involved in a church, uh, we see folks that come to our churches and, and, and they, they say they believe the gospel, they're baptized, and they're sort of like Alka-Seltzer. We dunk them in the water and then they fizzle away. They pop and fizzle for a while. They're, they seem like they're on fire for Christ and then they disappear and we don't see them anymore. Yeah. We see a lot of them that are bouncing from church to church to church to church to church to church. And a lot of time now, you can certainly end up in a wrong church and realize that you need to leave. But a lot of times, especially when you know that they've gone to some good churches and aren't being faithful there, the problem's not with the church, it's with the person. Amen. Why? They believed. They were baptized. Why didn't they stay? And I would tell you it's because they started a work that they could not finish. If you have started a work, if you've started a walk, you think you're going to earn your way, you're going to pay your way, you're going to do good works, you're going to help with shoeboxes, and I'm going to show up at church at Sunday morning, and I'm going to give some money to, you know, to the effort in Ukraine, and I'm going to do this and that, and I'm going to really work hard to be my best. And I'm going to show up in heaven one day, and the Lord himself is going to give me a pass, because I was such a good person. My dear friend, let me tell you what the Bible says about that. The Bible says that our righteousness is like filthy rags. The absolute best that we have to offer to God is a filthy rag, and it's unacceptable. And I want to tell you before the Lord today, if you plan on standing before God, when He asks you why He should let you into His heaven, and you plan on telling Him because of what I've done, oh, friend, you're going to have a terrible eternity. You're going to end up in that hell that we spoke of. 
On that day, I plan on standing before the Lord and I plan on falling on my face before him and saying, Lord, the only reason I'm here is because the man on the middle cross said I could come. And I'm not going to proclaim my name. I'm not going to proclaim my works. I'm not going to proclaim my preaching. I'm not going to proclaim my giving or any other thing. I'm going to proclaim the name of Jesus and say, Lord, because I am covered in his blood, that's why I'm standing here today. Amen. And friend, unless you be covered in his blood, you'll not see the kingdom of heaven. Do you understand the severity of what I've just told you? Do you understand how long eternity is? We're not talking about a bad day. We're talking about a bad forever. The only way Jesus said, Jesus, by the way, he didn't say I'm a way. And a lot of these false prosperity gospel preachers, they'll tell you that, that Jesus is one of many ways to heaven. And Jesus Christ said, I am the way, and no man cometh to the Father but by me. Amen. And I don't know about you, but the one that holds the key, I think I'll trust him. He's the one that decides who comes into his heaven. They wanted to purchase the power of God. Peter responds to him there in verse number 20. He says, Peter said, thy money perish with thee because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. By the way, did you see, did you notice what Peter just said? Peter just told him that he was going to perish. Your money is going to perish with you. Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. The problem with Simon was not about hands. It was not about the head. It was about the heart. And I'm telling you before the Lord today, if you are here and you've never been born again of Jesus, you've never called upon the name of the Lord, uh, you've never trusted in Jesus, you've never repented, you've never turned from your sin, you've never asked him and trusted him for forgiveness of your sins. I'm telling you that the problems that you have in your life and in your heart, uh, it's, 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 not a, it's not a head problem, it's not anything else, it's a heart problem. You have a heart problem and there's only one person in the world that's qualified to operate on your heart and give you the transplant that you need. But the good news is, he's able. Yes, he There's nobody better than him. Matter of fact, his success rate for those who truly trust in him is 100%. He said, I've never lost one. <laughs> Bless his holy name. If you will trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you will call upon him and ask him to forgive you of your sins, he will make you a new creature. So Peter rebukes him uh, for his sin. And then he says, Repent therefore of this thy wickedness, and pray God if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. He, he gives him this diagnosis about the problem with the heart. The Bible says in Psalm chapter number 10 verse 4 that the wicked through the pride of his countenance will not seek after God. God is not in all his hearts. This man was not seeking God. He was seeking power. Just like he had been before they got there. This man did not repent. He was wanting to continue the same way he had been continuing. There are a lot of people that walk into our churches and they want to have salvation. Nobody wants to go to hell, right? But they don't want to repent. They want to continue in, the, in their lifestyle. They want to continue doing things that the Holy Word of God clearly says thou shalt not do. And friend, if you will not repent, then you will not receive. 
Peter rebukes him. He gives a diagnosis. Jesus, by the way, warned us of being this way. In the parable of the soil, he talks about the seed being cast in the stony places where it was soon the sun came up and it was scorched and soon had withered away. He also taught us about the parable of the wheat and tares, how the two can grow up together in the same place and we can't even tell the difference until the harvest comes. I may not know today if you're a wheat or a tear. My prayer is that you're a wheat. My prayer is that the fruits of repentance are in your heart. My prayer is that one day when the harvest comes, that the angels of the Lord are going to gather you into his barns. But my dear friend, if you are a tear, you will be gathered and burnt, the Bible says. Does that not bother you? Also in the parable of the nets, all the fish are gathered up together. They'll be sorted out when they come to port. <clears throat> Peter also gave him a prescription. He said, repent and pray for forgiveness. Simon, there's a way out of this. If you'll repent and you'll pray for forgiveness, that perhaps uh, the Bible says here, that the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. For I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness and the bond of iniquity. The gall of, of bitterness, that's like the very, uh, the very most bitter part of the bitter. It, it's actually a word that's used to describe bile. You know what bile is? When I was in high school one time, I got mono. I was sick for a week. I, I threw up and couldn't eat anything for a week. And after the first couple days, nothing comes up but that ugly green stuff, right? That's the most bitter of the bitter. That's bile. Peter said, you have problems in your heart. Bitterness is a problem. Simon wanted to be great. Somebody had come that the Holy Spirit of God was working in through him, and he wanted to have what he had. He was bitter because he wasn't healing. He was bitter because people weren't listening to him and people were being drawn away from his wicked deception into the, the glorious light of the gospel. He was bitter. He said, not only are you in the gall of bitterness, but you're also in the bond of iniquity. You're in chains, Simon. You're bound by iniquity. You know what iniquity is? It's sin. And friend, if you're having trouble getting away from your sin, it's because you're in bonds. You're in, you're in chains to the iniquity that's in your life. And your bitterness comes from not being truly repented and receiving the Lord Jesus Christ. And another picture in Simon's life, he looks at Peter and he says, Peter tells him, pray. Pray that you'll be forgiven. He looks at Peter and he says, you pray. I don't want to pray. You pray. You pray that these things that you spoke of won't happen unto me. And it's interesting, it shows his perception of sin in the future because he puts it in a future tense. You pray for me because I don't want these things to happen to me like they're going to happen in the future. My dear friend, if you're in the gall of bitterness and the bond of iniquity, it's not a future thing. You're in it right now. Simon was in it right then. They had already come upon him. He was already engaged in iniquity and if praying for someone else that they could be saved would change their hearts, every one of you would be saved because I pray for you all the time. But the truth is, we can't pray you into heaven. I can witness 
and I can share Christ with you, and I can tell you what the Bible says, and I can pray diligently that the Holy Spirit of God would touch your heart, but the Holy Spirit is the one that brings, Brother Lance taught this morning on, on brokenness, it's the Holy Spirit that brings conviction, it's the Holy Spirit that encourages us to confess, but we have to make the choice to confess. And unless there's been conviction, and unless there's been confession, there will be no conversion. You can count on that. The apostles, the Bible says in verse 25, when they had testified and preached the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem and preached the gospel in many villages of the Sumerians. In other words, the apostles kept going. They testified, they preached, they went back to Jerusalem. On the way, they were preaching to other places in Samaria, sharing the gospel. The apostles kept doing what they were doing. We're going to see here in the very next verse in our next study that Philip the evangelist was going to be called out of that place also. He's going to be sent to a place south of there called Gaza. In other words, those who were sharing the gospel were there for a time, and then they were leaving. If I were there that day and I had the opportunity to preach this absolute passage to Simon, I would say, Simon, today's the day of salvation. It's not tomorrow. It's not next week or next month. It's not someday. When I work up the courage uh, or what a lot of people say, when I fix things in my life, I got to clean some things up and then I'll come to Christ. Dear friend, you can't come to Christ until he cleans you up. Amen. You have to come to Him, and He will do the cleaning. You can't clean yourself. We don't have the power. We don't have the ability. There's nothing that we can do to cleanse ourselves apart from His precious blood. And so I, I started out by asking you a question. Did you ever meet somebody? You wondered, whatever happened to that person? Whatever happened to Simon? Unfortunately, I believe Simon is in a place called hell. Because he did not receive. What's it mean to receive the Lord Jesus Christ? I, I gave you that verse. To those that received him gave he the power to become the sons of God, even that believed upon his name. There's a lot of people that want to cozy up to the Lord. There's a lot of people that, that know who he is. There's a lot of people that are fans. Not many are followers. They're not willing to receive him as Lord. They want a salad bar religion. Lord, I like this part about forgiveness, and I like this part about good works, and I like some of these things. This part about sin and putting away idolatry and, and wickedness and, and living in sin, doing things that I know your word tells me not to. I don't really like that part. You can keep that. Friend, if you're not willing to receive him, you're not willing to receive his word, then you're without Christ. You're none of His, the Bible says. This Simon, by the way, later, history tells us many believe that he became the father of Gnosticism. Gnosticism is, the word means, Gnosis means to know. That you have to have some special privilege to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Simon spent his life making people think that he had something that they couldn't have. And they needed to look to him to get it. But I'm grateful that the ground is level at the foot of the cross. And it doesn't matter if you're a, a, a pastor. It doesn't matter if you've never even heard the name of Jesus before. 
you can have everything that I have or anybody else if you'll trust in Jesus and you'll call upon him and in him alone. Don't be deceived. Be careful who you're listening to. I told you I didn't come here to proclaim me. Don't be a follower of me. Be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. You can go with me. I'm following him. I'm glad to have you with me. But you follow the Lord Jesus Christ. You read your own Bible. You be careful who's preaching and teaching. And I've, I've had some crazy things being a pastor. I've had people come up and tell me some crazy things. Don't the Bible say this? And I said, what in the world are you talking about? Where did you get that? Well, I don't know. That's what so-and-so said. Know your Bible. The only way to know your Bible is to read your Bible and to spend time reading the Word of God and be careful of anybody that lifts themselves up above the Lord Jesus Christ. You, you know who Simon was? Simon was an unbecoming believer. He didn't become because he didn't receive. And my dear friend, if that describes you here today, isn't it time for you to give your heart to Jesus? Why would you not receive him? He loves you so much that he gave his life for you. And he did it knowing that you and I were going to do the things that we would do. He loved us anyway. Not because of who we are, but in spite of who we are. And he said, I know that they owe a penalty that they can't pay, so I'll pay it for them. Simon wanted to pay for the power of God. You don't have to pay for anything. Jesus Christ has paid it all. Amen? All you have to do is receive his gift. And I ask you to bow your heads with me here this morning. With every head bowed and no one looking around. Jesus Christ said, I came to seek and to save that which is lost. Friend, I don't know where your heart's at today, but I think you know. And Jesus certainly knows. Salvation is the most wonderful choice you could ever make. Believing in Jesus, surrendering your life to Him, is the most important choice that you could ever make in your life. And I've come here to tell you the truth today. I know you, you might want to, to feel warm and fuzzy, but I'm telling you, if you don't make that decision, you will go to hell. And it's a horrible place. A place where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's not a place where there's a big party going on. It's a place where people are in eternal torment, where they never see another person. Uh, all they can hear is weeping. All they can feel is pain. It's complete separation from God and from his people and from his place. And I don't want you to go to that place. And I don't believe that you want to either. And all you have to do is believe with all your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. He's the Son of God. He came. He gave His life. We have God's Word on it. He gave His life there on Calvary. His blood was poured out for you and for me. And He didn't just die on Calvary, but the third He was buried as proof that He was dead. And the third day, He rose again according to the Scriptures. And after that, my Bible says that he was seen of above 500. And then he ascended back to the Father. He's there in heaven, and he's praying for you right now. Would you open the door of your heart 
and ask Jesus to come into your heart. You can pray a simple prayer and say, Lord Jesus, I'm, I know that I'm a sinner. Sin is anything that's against uh, the Lord, against his word. I know that I've, I've told lies. I've been unkind to people. I've looked at things I shouldn't look at. I've said things I shouldn't have said, and I've done things I shouldn't do. I realize I'm a sinner. I'm sorry, Lord. You have to be truly sorry. And I'm going to turn from my sin. I'm going to stop doing those things with your help. I repent. And I ask you, Lord Jesus, to forgive me. You might be here today. This story of Simon resonates with me because I was a false professor for many years. I told people that I was saved, but I was not. I was lost. And if I would have died, I would have went to hell. Maybe that describes some of you here today. It's time to put this away from you. It's time to trust in Jesus and Jesus alone. And dear friend, if you would pray that prayer and mean it in your heart, Jesus Christ will come into your heart. The Holy Spirit of God will fill your soul and will live with you through all of eternity. And one day Jesus Christ is coming again and he's going to gather us unto himself. And there shall we be with him and we shall be his people and he shall be his God. And you can have all of those promises that God has promised to those who trust in him. Did you do it? Did you pray for him? Did you ask him to forgive you? And dear friend, you trust in him and he will keep you all the days of your life. We're going to stand now and we're going to have a song of invitation. And if you want to come, don't be ashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you gave your heart to him, come up during the invitation song. Come up after the service. Talk to me. Uh, let somebody know that you've made this decision for Christ. And, uh, and also, let's continue to pray for Morgan. Amen. Would you worship with me, please?
morning. I'm sure everyone understands the, cir- the circumstances for being a little long today. The morning was kind of a lot better than she Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We'll continue to pray for her, and I'll continue to pray for all of you. Pray for us as we go to the nursing home today. Uh, the Holy Spirit of God will use us during that time. And come back and see us tonight. We're going to have Bible study. You know, we talked about knowing the Word of God. You know, a good way to learn the Word of God. Come Amen. Amen. We're going to take the Word of God. We're going to open it, and we're going to study it together. Amen. Amen. Not at six o'clock. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, once again, we want to give you all the honor and the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ that we always want to exalt and lift up here in this place. For your word says that when he's lifted up, men will be drawn to him. And Father, that's our heart's desire here today. I pray for everyone gathered here today. I pray that you would meet the need of every heart and soul. I pray for anyone who might have given their heart to Christ today, that you give them the courage to make it public, Lord. I, I pray for any who needs to give their heart to Jesus, that needs to be saved, Lord, that you would be merciful and patient with them. And I pray, dear Father, for those that are walking with you, that you would encourage them to continue on this path. Father, we do pray for Morgan. Thank you that she's feeling better already. We ask that, uh, that you just bless her and help her, Lord. And Father, would you bring us back tonight at the appointed time and help us, Lord, to study your word, that we might learn more about who you are and that we might learn more about who we are and how we can be more like the Lord Jesus Christ. We love you and we bless the name of the Lord. We ask it all in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. 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 <laughs>